Welcome to Roll Call, a 126 The Air Refueling Wing podcast of the Illinois Air National Guard at Scott Air Force Base. I'm your host, Technical Sergeant Brian Ellison. The Roll Call podcast focuses on people, mission, and community. Want to start out today by saying hello to everyone from the wing who is deployed. Thanks for listening. I'm joined in the studio by Senior Master Sergeant Cindy Beard from the 126 The Air Refueling Wing Base Education and training office. I understand, uh, Sergeant Beard, you have uh, folks deployed over there. I do. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. We miss you. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, if you're uh, back here in the wing and you want to send something uh, to those folks who are deployed, you need to get that stuff. You want to get it to them by Christmas Day. You, uh, Your first class and priority needs uh, need to be sent by December 11th. Priority Mail Express, military needs, uh, to be in the mail by December 18th. Now, having said all of that, that does not guarantee delivery times. But, the you know, the, the, the thought is there, so that's what counts the most. We're here uh, joined in the studio by Senior Master Sergeant Cindy Beard from the 126th Air Refueling Wing Base and Education, uh, Base Education and Training Office. What uh, uh, do you guys do in uh, that office, Sergeant Beard? So we are responsible for the training needs of the wing, and we are the base level. So we have unit representatives out there in every unit, the unit training managers. Uh, So we work with them. But the initial thing that everybody, as soon as they enlist, they come see us so they can get dates for basic training and tech school. And we ensure that they're qualified. We look at their ASVAB scores, all that kind of good stuff, make sure they're classified correctly. And uh, we get them dates. So they're all excited about that. You know, when do I get to go to basic and tech school? Um, yeah, so it's, that's right out the gate. They're going to come see us. And then once they get back, we and process them, get their certificates, um, ask them how everything went. Everything usually goes pretty well for, for our people. We have a really strong student flight program. And they, we get really good feedback about that because... Honestly, they get yelled at a little bit here before they go, so they know what to expect. But one of the uh, airmen who recently came back said it was great because he got there, he did know, you know, kind of what to expect. He had been yelled at uh, theoretically, you know. <laughs> um, so it's really good. It's a really good opportunity for them. Um, they come back, and uh, we get them processed to their end unit out in the wing. And uh, from there, their unit training manager pretty much takes care of them and uh, then we get there. Any follow-on training, training later, professional military education, we handle that. Um, one of my favorite programs in the office is the Community College of the Air Force. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. A lot of uh, gnashing of teeth and hand-wringing over uh, CCAF. <laughs> I, I have to say, I came from the Army. Mm. And the, one of the first things anybody, of anybody's mouth was CCAF. Hoof. I'm like, well, I mean, it sounds like a great idea. Tell me more about the CCAF and well, why is it a good thing? Okay. And then I'd like to know who's gnashing their teeth about it. <laughs> so uh, Community College of the Air Force is a two-year associate's degree program, obviously uh, hosted by the Air Force. It is a real, air quotes, I, have to, I don't know why I have to use air quotes, a real Right. associate's degree. Um, I think some t- people misunderstand that it's just a certificate or something that's Air Force specific, which it is, but it is actually a an associate's degree. It is, uh, the CCAF is accredited just like SWIC or any other community college, you know, in your local area. Um, so 
you get enrolled as soon as you are done with your tech school and it is based on your career field. So you can't just pick whatever CCAF you want to have. It is based on your career field because you need the technical credits you get from tech school. And then when you get your five level, and then depending on if you might need some credits from your seven level. Mm -hmm. um, so that is the core of it. And that is awesome because you could take that to a civilian, um, well, it transfers to your civilian education uh, if you're gonna go on to your bachelor's degree, but it also, you can give it to your employer and they could show, it shows your technical expertise in the career field that you're in. Um, and you don't have to do anything extra. So a lot of our folks do join because they wanna go to college. So you need your general education uh, requirements just like you need from any school. So math, social science, humanities, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people are already doing that. They already went to tech school. They're already doing their CDCs to get their five level. Um, there is a leadership and management, oh man, I forgot what the acronym stands for, <laughs> LMMS, anyway, it's management. Um, but there's a requirement for that that can be met through their PME, their professional military education. So they do ALS, they do NCOA, and that takes care of that. So again, there's not a lot extra, and they get an associate's degree. I mean, you get Boom. A, basically associate's degree for just doing your job. Yeah, yes. I mean, and you can't really go wrong with that. I think a lot of people saw it as a barrier to CCAF as a barrier to promotion. It used to be a requirement for senior master sergeant in chief. But again, given that you shouldn't have to do much extra. Right. Uh, and they like to see, you know, I like with my kids, I tell them they can do whatever they want in life. But I pretty much the only demand I have is that they get their associate's degree and associate's degree. Um just because I think I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of education. I have a master's degree. Yeah. I have all these things. I have three CCAF degrees, as a matter of fact. That's awesome. <laughs> I've had three career fields. So, um, and yeah, I've got my bachelor's, my master's. So um, I think that it's not unreasonable to expect your senior NCOs to pursue at least an associate's degree. Sure, yeah. And again, um, so it shouldn't be a barrier for anyone. And that's not even a requirement anymore, by the way. <laughs> Oh, it isn't? No. Oh, that's good. I mean, but I think you're right. But I, I would expect uh, expect senior NCOs to have some sort of education. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just... Once in a while. So the only... One of the barriers to that is if they got a, um, a technical degree in something. So if they went to a trade school, which is fantastic. Again, that's there's nothing wrong with t trade schools. Um, whatever people want to do in their life and they want to pursue it, that's great. But if you go to a trade school, you may not have all of your gen eds done. That it, you know, is a requirement for CCAF. So that was a barrier for some people. Okay. Uh, and they can come see you, and what can you do for them with the CCAF? So they can come see us, and we will look at their CCAF record. They can look at it themselves through the Air Force Virtual Education Center, AFVEC, um, is what it's called, because we have acronyms for everything. Mm -hmm. So... They can look at their own or we can help them translate it because there's kind of a lot going on and we can let them know where they stand with things, what they have left. We can advise uh, to a point on um, if they are going to SWIC, for example, we could say, hey, you need a humanities and we can pull up. There's a civilian course conversion table that tells us if you are going to SWIC, you can take this class and it'll meet the humanities requirement for CCAF. So we can help them almost like college counselors, you know. Sure. So that's that's one of my favorite parts of the job. 
Wow, that's uh, I need to come see you. Yes, you do. Because I have a master's. Well, there you go. And uh, I I don't know. I would like to have a CCAF. Exactly. And like mass comm or something. I don't know if I can get a mass comm or what, what equivalent of this career field it has. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'd be very interested in uh, coming. We could set an appointment with you for that. Absolutely, yep. In person or is it a virtual? We could do either because we could look at it, you know, remotely. Sure. The only thing that you need to take action on, and, and sometimes that's better, especially if you do already have a degree in hand, right. is you need to send your transcripts to CCAF. Oh, okay. Because then, and it's just like any other college, they have to audit your transcripts from other schools, see how it applies. The only trick to it is any school you've ever been to, you have to have transcripts sent from that school. Oh, okay. That's not a problem. Yeah. Um, what's a good phone number there for you guys? at uh, the Base Education and Training Office? 618-222-5725 or 5727. 5725 or 5727. Correct. Okay. Are there changes coming to CDCs? Because it seems like I know our career field is going away from CDCs. Yeah. Yeah. So as it stands, historically, CDC's career development course, Mm -hmm. um, it's the books, you know, everybody thinks of their volumes that they might have. So you get enrolled in that when you get back from tech school. And uh, again, historically, it's been one process that you get enrolled in it, you do the books, and then you come into our testing center and you take your test, your end of course test, when your supervisor decides you're ready. Now, a few career fields have gone to, uh, it's called Canvas. And it's basically a self-contained program. So the person gets their account set up, they log in, they, um, we still have to enroll them in, in it. It's a different, uh, process, but once they're in it, um, it may be synchronous. It may not be, it just depends. And there's some pros and cons to it, honestly. So like anything, it's, we're in the, the learning curve of it. So there's some good, there's some bad. You guys handle, um, I'm sure you do, but uh, NCO, you ha- You said you handle NCO academies. PME, yep. PMEs. What's, what changes are coming to that? So thought- that one, um, those are good changes <laughs> to my mind <laughs> uh, because it was already kind of self-contained, uh, right. a little bit more so. Um, they already have done, have completed the process for NCOA just a couple months back that, again, it's the same kind of thing where the person gets enrolled by themselves, they study. Uh, there are four modules now, so the format is a little bit different. They only have four months to complete it. So historically, you know, people would get, would enroll themselves and then be like, hey, forget about it for like eight months, you know, or whatever, right. and then cram and, and try to get it done. But so now, yeah, they, they don't have to come test with us. That's really the biggest difference is they, it's more like an online college class. That's what all of this is. They're sort of going to that model that they oh, okay. kind sure. of want to, you know, look at it like an online an online class. So it's we've gotten really great feedback about the NCOA. Uh, they're doing the beta test for ALS now, and they're going to be doing the beta test for the senior NCOA uh, next month, I believe. So a good changes there. Yeah, and you said you don't know how long the course. You said four months. What what does that involve? Does that involve um, you said it's mostly self-contained. It's sort of no online uh, talk, no online crosstalk. Or yeah, crosstalk. Hosting. Yeah, Host- not so much. Um, for NCOA, I don't. 
I don't believe sometimes you have to, you know, like again, online classes, you have to look at somebody else's post and comment sure. on theirs, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the least favorite thing of online. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, to my knowledge, the NCOA is completely self-contained. It's just the person doing it themselves uh, at their pace. So we've had some people knock it out really quickly. So really? four months is the max you get. But we have, so far, nobody's needed that much time. Really? Okay. Really, the feedback now is that enroll in it when you're ready to get it done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Um, I'm ready to get it done, by the way, if anybody's listening. Right. If, my boss is, if my boss is listening, I'm ready to do this. Is CDC testing going away? Is that something that all career fields are going to go away from, CDCs? It's looking like the long-term plan is, yes, for, for it to go away. As far as them coming into our testing center okay, and doing an end-of-course test. Is that because of the virus or is that just something that they was going that way anyway? It was already going that way. Again, I think that they, they like to look at you know the civilian side and, again, with the college courses and everything else and, and try to model hopefully the, the good part of what they see you know, mm-hmm. off of that. So... Um, even when you look at it, you're sort of trading out one program for another, though, because we have an e-exam program, it's called. We have to have the testing center and everything that goes along with that. Here at the 126th, we only do PME and CDC testing because we have a host-tenant agreement with Scott Air Force Base that any other testing that people might need, the AFOCD if they want to become an officer, if they have to retake their ASVABs, um, all that stuff, they go to the other side of base and they handle that stuff for us, which is awesome. So we don't have to worry about it. So our testing center will likely just go away eventually. But uh, so I don't know. It's 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 good and bad, like I said. Yeah. We're here talking with Senior Master Sergeant Cindy Beard from the uh, Base Education and Training Office. i got to ask you, Sergeant Beard, how has the pandemic changed your workflow or the work that you've done here at uh, – at the wing? Well, luckily we can do a lot of things virtually. Uh, we out process people. So again, we send people to basic training and tech school. Mm-hmm. They do need to come in and see us so that they can get their tickets. They can have, we 10 copies of orders, you know, all of the paperwork. Yeah. We don't have the big yellow envelope anymore that we used to send. You oh know. man. I know it's kind of so sad. Fun. It's kind of sad. Now all that goes virtual, you know? Really? Yep. Ugh. Yep, I know. But they we still send them with papers. Oh, I good. could I could put it in a big yellow envelope. Do Maybe it. I'll do that. Yeah, do just it. a throwback. Yeah, just a, <laughs> so they have a big yellow ratty tatty yeah. envelope by the time they get to their to San Antonio. Yep, absolutely. I have a picture of that in my office. Actually, I've got a picture of me <laughs> clutching my yellow envelope at the airport, red faced from crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but no, so uh, we need to see them for that. But otherwise. You know, we, we rethought our process. Uh, that's one of my strengths, I, I like to think, as thinking outside the box. How could we do this? I'm really good with technology, so we can. I'm good with uh, digitizing any form that we've got that we can make it happen. So we've, we were able to roll with the telecommuting and, and teleworking and all that stuff pretty well. We were able to flex with that. So uh, we couldn't do testing for a while. Now we have limited testing. So that we can distance everybody. We have the capability typically for 10 and we're down to four just so we can space everybody out. Yeah, I did uh, my five level, I don't know, a couple months ago and I was the only one in there. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. Why did you join the Air National Guard? 
So uh, I joined because my boyfriend was in the guard. Oh. And uh, do you want the whole story? Sure, why okay. not? I want to hear this. I like Boyfriend, stories. Let's go. Let's go into it. Yeah, so, tell us the story. That's what we're here for. <laughs> when I was 18, I went on spring break with a couple of my friends to Florida and uh, met the boyfriend, current husband, in oh. 1994. Nice. So, yeah, it's been a while. We've been together for a while. Uh, but we had a long-distance relationship. We, we clicked, you know, the angels sang, the stars, you know, <laughs> sprinkled, shined on us, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so we met, we clicked, uh, hit it off to the point where we had a long-distance relationship for a little while, and he was active duty Air Force. Oh, really? He was TDY uh, oh, in Florida. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice, hanging out TDY doing yeah. uh, at spring break. Yeah, right. exactly, at Fort, Fort Walton Beach. Nice. They, Yeah, it was fine. It was fine for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we... Uh, we had a long distance relationship for a while and then we, um, he went palace chase. So that's when active duty air force can terminate their contract a little early. Mm -hmm. And I think they basically double it to come into the guard. So they continued their military service. So he went palace chase, uh, started going to school with me, all that kind of stuff. So a year after he got out of the guard, uh, I got in. So I was like, wait a minute, they'll pay for my college. And so I joined the Missouri air national guard over at Jefferson barracks. Oh, wow. And originally, I was in the 157th Air Control Group. Ooh. And then uh, they were not a group at the time. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, but then I switched over to the 218th Engineering Installation Squadron, which is was his unit because there was uh, an opportunity for a full-time position. So, yeah, originally I came into the Guard for school, you know, pay for school. Sure. And uh, it looked, I don't want to say easy enough, but it looked interesting, you know, when – watching him go to drill weekends and everything. So I thought, well, I, yeah, I could definitely do that. And I wanted a fallback career. Right. Um, at the time, I went into information management, which oh. was essentially secretarial, really, at really? the time. It was, yeah, it was just administrative stuff. Oh. I, I learned how to properly fold a letter and put it into an envelope in tech school. So, <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, wow. It was that. It was not what it is these days. Information management. Yep, yep. So, uh Wow. So, yeah, I thought, sure, I could, again, get training, have yeah. a fallback career. Um, I was a traditional for three years, and then I got a full-time position at JB. Nice. Um, and then a few years after that, I transferred over here to the 126 because they had just come down from Chicago. And so I've been here in the 126 uh, for 20 years, since 2000. Are you from uh, the Missouri side? I am. I'm from Baldwin, West Baldwin, County. Baldwin, really? Yep. That's where my dent. That's where my dentist was. Uh, Baxter Dental at the corner oh, yeah. of Baxter and Manchester. So, yep. anyways, yeah. So you uh, came. Why did you leave? Why did you leave the Missouri side to come over to the Illinois side? We lived over here. So oh. my husband worked um, on base okay. uh, he, under the DISA umbrella, basically, for one of the contractors over there because of his, and he had gotten that civilian job because of his military experience in the 218th. Um, so we lived over here, and I worked over there. Well, then it just made a lot of sense to, right. once they, because they had a lot of job openings, obviously, because, you know, some people chose to stay behind in Chicago and not move. So when there was a job opening, I applied, and I got it. So it worked out really well. So I joined the comm flight okay. when I came here, uh, and I worked at the help desk. And it was still information management. Again, there it has evolved a lot. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was really fun working at at 
the help desk and the comm flight. And then you uh, and I, I, you said this in your fa- you did a Facebook live I don't know back in May I believe it was and yeah. you had a great uh, point for people who are uh, were thinking about joining the the Air National Guard and a full time job. Uh, you had what was that that you had mentioned about uh, if you're going to join the Air National Guard? Um, I'll let you finish that uh, that thought if you. So know yeah, you could talk to your recruiter if you think you want you know for it to lead to a full time position that they can tell you which jobs are more likely, you know, which jobs kind of have more typical either turnover or openings or whatever for, for a full-time position. Our recruiting team is wonderful. So, yeah, like you said, the, the Facebook Live video I did, you could still go out, go out to our uh, 126 Air Refueling Wing recruiters page, the recruiting page, and you could find that video and watch it there. Um, talk about, you know, the guard and my experience and all that kind of good stuff. But, yeah, the recruiting team is wonderful. So if you wanted a full-time position – they could help you, you know, whittle down your list of jobs that you're qualified for, that they have openings for, et cetera, um, just in case that's something that you're interested in. So before you were full-time, what did you do? You were just in school? Or? Uh, yep, I was just going to school. Oh, no fascinating part-time job? Not really, no, no. I've been, I was, I went to, well, five different colleges before I got my undergrad really yeah well I guess we just moved a lot that was pretty true for me too I guess because I was in the army and so just mm. doing all these online and just whole finally I'll put it together yeah where did you uh you guys moved you moved a lot yeah so let's see so when he came to school with me I was going to school in Springfield Missouri okay and uh it southwest was, Missouri State yeah but it's just Missouri State now. Yeah, that's... They upgraded, I guess. I know. I moved away for 10 years and everything changed. Yeah, yeah. So we finished that year out, came back to St. Louis, went to the community college. Um, oh, geez. Now you're going to you're gonna make me remember my life? Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, we went to the St. Louis Community College for a while. And I think that's when I... I don't know. When I, when I had to press pause for a minute with school sure. to go to basic and tech school, right. which it worked out really well for me as far as timing. So I only had to take one semester off. Um, we went to community college up in Iowa. My husband's from Keokuk, Iowa. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So we went there because we thought we wanted to go to uh, Iowa State. Okay. No, University of Iowa. Oh, know. crap. I'm going to be in so much trouble. Oh, no. Oh, the, the, oh. <laughs> no, not either Iowa State. The, either University the University of Iowa. <laughs> Either the Cyclones or the... No, the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble right now. No, it's the Hawkeyes. Go Hawks. Um, oh, there was panic. Um, but yeah, so we went there. Well, then my husband got a full-time job opportunity here on base. So we moved back here. Um, oh, no. See, now I'm lying again. We it's went, okay. It's so much. You know, it's so yeah. much. We went to Western Illinois University okay. after that. Oh, okay. Um. And uh, I loved that school. That was cool. Then he got his full-time position. So I kind of did a year at every place. So we got his full-time position here, and um, we transferred here. We moved here, I mean, and then I went to UMSOL to finish it up. Okay, yeah. It got the job done. Exactly. That's what we try to tell. (laughs) My daughter's 16, and she's worried about it. It's like, you know, she's really good in school, but at the same time, we're like, as long as you get a piece of paper. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, and that's what my wife and I said to each other. As long as you get that piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know, just keep keep plugging away yep. till you get that piece of paper. And that's, Yeah, just find know. something you're interested in. It doesn't have to be what you want to do for the rest of your life. I 
My undergrad is psychology. Oh, that's great. And I didn't want to do anything with psychology. Right. Um, I just found it interesting, you know, like self-analyze. No, but I just really, I thought it was interesting and I thought, okay, cool. I'll get the piece of paper in this and we'll see what happens. Major Lane, do you know what her uh, bachelor's is in? No. Glass blowing. What? <laughs> yes. That's amazing. I know. And she doesn't do it anymore. I was like, man, you could, we could, we should set up, get her. She said it's really expensive to do. But, mm, yeah. But yeah. So really, as long as you have that piece of paper, yeah. you can go so much, you can go to so many places. Exactly. With that uh, piece of paper. And they can come see uh, Sergeant Beard in the uh, base training and education office to find out more about that. Um. Oh, so you guys moved, you guys moved to, so you're living here in the, on the Illinois side now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We lived in O'Fallon and then we moved to Belleville and then we actually moved to Nashville, Illinois because my husband, um, once he was done with his undergrad, he went to law school at Carbondale. So it sort of split the difference that I could, you know, I, I worked here. So I commuted here 45 minutes, I think is kind of about where, you know, where we were for, for that. But for him, it was about an hour from Nashville to Carbondale. But it worked. It worked out great. So that was, uh, it was nice that we had that opportunity. And Nashville is a cute little town. You have a busy, so you guys have a busy life. We do. Uh, and you, you have, two, you guys have kids. How do you guys juggle that with that busy uh, life? What do you guys, because especially with this job, can be a little unpredictable. And if your husband's, he's in law now or? Yes. Well, he's, yeah, so. Um, yeah, we have two boys, okay. 13 and 16. Um, thankfully, we we both had positions that we could juggle, you know, the, the home life balance and everything. So he works uh, downtown now with, uh, it's, he's called a staff attorney. So they kind of do research and they just help, you know, when they do big litigations and, mm -hmm. and cases and things like that. And he loves it. He loves it. It's, it's his pace, you know, and it also translates perfectly for uh, pandemic as it turns out. So everything he, he's been teleworking this whole time and everything he needs to do, he can absolutely just get on the computer and do it. So that, that must, has been great. Yeah. I'd say that must yeah. really help you out. Yes. So, uh, so to circle around to the question you actually asked, <laughs> it's like Zootopia. You're like, I'll, I'm going to take your question, ask my own question and answer that question. That's great. Love it. Um, but no, we've, we've been managing, uh, with the kids, we also had them um, in the Child Development Center on base. So I had, you know, they were right here in case anything happened, especially mm -hmm. when he was going to school far away. It was pretty much me um, having to do that kind of stuff. But it was fine because they were right here on base. Um, and then they, you know, uh, leveled up to the youth center. So that was the school-aged um, mm -hmm. opportunity. And again, that's right here on base. And we lived uh, when we moved to Mascuda. After he got done with, well, we moved to base. And then once we figured out, he figured out his full-time position, um, we moved to Mascuda. And that's where we are now to stay for a while. Okay. <laughs> I promise. Um, but the uh, the school district there buses the kids to and from the youth center. So it's awesome. So the before and, air, before and after care program um, was amazing. So really it, it was, I have probably utilized almost every Air Force, Air National Guard benefit you can think That's of. That's great. I but mean, yeah, the family stuff is great. Yeah, they really have some some great uh, opportunities for us. Sports, mm -hmm. the kids were able to get into sports and especially for like us armchair sports type people that uh, if you're not really into the select 
Oh, yeah. Craziness. Mm-hmm. It was a little too, yeah. you know, not our speed. Let's put, put it that way. But it's still awesome to get kids into sports and have the team mentality and all that kind of good stuff. We They have soccer and baseball and t-ball and uh, indoor hockey. That was really fun. Really? For the kids. Oh, yeah. They loved Ice that. hockey? No, just floor, oh, hockey. floor hockey. Yeah, okay. just floor hockey. Um, and it was cheap, you know, compared to out on the economy. So it was uh, – we, we have had a lot of – Great opportunities to utilize those benefits to really help out with that, with the child care situation and the work-life balance and all that. So, Your kids play sports now? No, no. They do video games. Oh, but come on. They can become professional uh, video gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, they're in scouts. So oh, that's good. So that keeps them pretty busy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They're probably going to go camping next weekend, and it's going to be cold, but it'll Ooh, be fine. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. No, yeah. Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I don't think people, you know, who are in the Air National Guard realize the programs that are out there um, that you, for one, have uh, taken advantage of. And mm-hmm. people need to really look into that. Absolutely. So, yeah. You don't have to be full time to utilize it. I mean, you have to be close to base, obviously. Yeah. But if you work in the area, you can still use the CDC and the youth center. Um, and it's great. It really has been a wonderful opportunity for all of us because, you know, I mean, that way, even when the kids got old enough technically to go home and just sit there, it was great that they got to go to the youth center and hang out with other kids and run mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. get their homework done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, my kids, my son goes to the Boys and Girls Club. Thank, thank God for them that yeah. they can get that homework done before we come pick them up. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to fight that fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Oh, Yeah. All right, well, we're here with uh, Senior Master Sergeant Cindy Beard. Thank you for stopping by the Roll Call Podcast. I appreciate it. You want to find out what's going on in and around the wing, you can go to the 126th Air Refueling Wing Facebook page to find out, uh, and you'll see this podcast. You'll see, uh, oh, one thing that we're going to do this uh, this week, especially because it's a, you're hearing this, uh, it'll be just the day before Thanksgiving, uh, but we're uh, asking people to uh, tell us what they're thankful for in a video message. So you can see that on our Facebook page. You can see the commander, uh, his, uh, his, what he's thankful for on our Facebook page as well. And I wanted to, uh, actually, you are on a, uh, you just started a new Facebook page for a group that you're on, Sergeant Beard. Yeah, so I am on the Scott Air Force Base Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Working Group. I'm part of that group that they recently stood up. And uh, I'm on the marketing team. So I utilize my Facebook knowledge and I created the Facebook page. So please go out and, and like our page, Scott AFB, Scott AFB Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging, uh, DIB. DIB, yep. I like that. Scott AFB DIB. And uh, yeah, so we're just trying to get, you know, again, the diversity message, inclusion, and everything that that means, whatever that means, you know, um, race, gender, neurodiversity, I mean, everything, anything and everything. Um, they're really doing great with the Air Force as far as getting the message out. Uh, even, you know, uniform standards. I'm, I'm waited with, waiting with bated breath because they had a uniform board just a couple weeks ago. Okay. And they discussed men having beards. Oh, that's right. When the chief, uh, when uh, chief master sergeant of the uh, Air National Guard Williams was here, mm-hmm. yep. he was talking about this. This is fascinating. Yes, beards. Yeah, yep. So beards in uniform for ladies, and this is what I'm hoping for to be able to wear one long braid 
down your back. So that would be amazing um, for multiple reasons. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of it kind of hurts. It's yeah, you have, you have a sore. lot of hair back there. I have a lot of hair. This is all my hair. It's not a it's not a sock or whatever you put in. You know, <laughs> that's all me. Um, but yeah, so that would be awesome. And then again, as far as the diversity and inclusion, it is easier for a wide variety of hairstyles. You know, like if you have braids or locks or sure. anything or mm-hmm. just thick hair like me, you know, it can be challenging to keep it within the standards. But if we could just wear it in one braid. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah, what's the, uh, do you know the reasoning behind uh, the, the beards for men? Well, again, I think that they're, you know, taking a look at legacy uniforms, you know, should we keep the uniform standards just because they've always been the uniform standards? But they weren't 150 years ago. Exactly. It's always changing. They had those big, thick (laughs) mustaches. Exactly, yeah. So they, you know, that's what they're looking at. Is there, why do we do this? Is there a reason for it? Is it a safety reason? Is it any of that stuff? Um, You know, they might end up making changes that you can do, have one standard when you're in garrison, but if you're deployed, maybe you have to be clean shaven, you have to keep your hair up, whatever. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But uh, just being able to, because I know, yeah, men, I did not realize beards were such a thing. But you look at anybody who retires, any guy who retires, pretty much two weeks later, he's going to have a full beard. Yeah, that's true. He's going to try it. Yeah, it it gets... uh... Yeah, if it wasn't for for this, I wouldn't shave yeah. as much. Yeah, I'd and I think it, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm only growing, let me apologize for my mustache, it's <laughs> ridiculous, but it is Movember, so I'm, uh, me and Sergeant Stevens were celebrating Movember, somehow he shaved, and I still have not, so I got a week left of this what? ridiculous He gave up? Face. He gave up or something, or he messed up. That's what. Uh, that's why I have this little part right here that's not growing in because I accidentally ran over it one day. But I was like, nope, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. That's All right. Funny. Thank you again, uh, Senior Master Sergeant Cindy Beard, for stopping by the Roll Call Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Roll Call Podcast. The Roll Call Podcast focused on people, mission, and community. I'm Tech Sergeant Brian Ellison. Mm-hmm.